Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Council, coming at you live on a beautiful autumn. No, sorry, winter, Sydney Portier afternoon, sun shining. The late Sunday game has been brought forward to 4 o'clock. Hate the 6.30 Sunday time slot. We'll get on to that afterwards. And we have a we have a derby. They used to be a marquee derby, Sharks-Dragons. Um, as always, to talk through that and any other... League lies and videotape. Jack Muir from Melbourne, Victoria. How you going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Another yeah, beautiful winter's day here. Um, yeah, looking forward to talking league with you as we do weekly, and hopefully our listeners get get a bit out of it wherever they may be, whether they be on the London Tube, the Hong Kong MTR, or in the back of their Ute on the way down to the farm. Um, we're here for you, fellas and girls and guys. Where do you think, when you have your favourite podcast, what what do you what's your absolute peak time? Is it Monday morning? Is it is it you know in the week during the morning? Is it Wednesday morning hump day? When when do you like to sort of almost save a podcast or fizz it up for? Uh, in bed trying to get to sleep, and then I don't even listen to it because I fall asleep. Because I, as I've, I think I've had this yarn to you, I, I actually prioritise music ahead of podcast listening. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a um, big decision unless your workplace is music. And we did actually, we talked this to death the other, actually, the other week. But I have, I have to give some feedback. I tried the music while working uh, this week mm. and it worked actually quite well. So I had Discovery Weekly on oh. just in my little speaker behind me. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as I got a call or something, I would just, just use my phone to turn it down and, and get on to the call. So, yes, worked really well. And uh, I'm going to, Try and bring it into more of my, um, you know, my routine of work. So, well, yeah, music in the work. Sorry, go. Legal counsel yeah, improved my sort of life as a lot of stuff's happened over the last three months. Was working from home. I've done stuff that I didn't think was possible. Yeah, there's music in the workplace. If you haven't done it, it kind of feels like a foreign concept. And admittedly, the first time I tried to do it, I almost felt guilty. But um, you know. Every bloody workplace has it now, music. It seems to be more accepted in this day and age. Shout out to Rishes, though. Just um, sipping on a cold Rishes here in the basement in my car. No one to be seen. But if I do get caught, if one of my neighbors walks past now, I'm sitting in my car drinking and I've got headphones on and talking into a microphone, there'd probably be no weirder sight unless I was probably jacking off. That would probably have to be significantly weirder. Um, but this, this is a real strange situation, but a big shout out to Rish's music in the workplace. I've noticed when I pulled my neck come Christmas, uh, Christmas time, completely Ooh. fucked myself and woke up after an old, uh, a Liam Gallagher concert in Auckland 
and I actually couldn't get out of bed. I was wow. absolutely fucked for, for a couple of days there. And um, I ended up going to a lot of osteo, a lot of physio and all that. And very interesting to see the different styles of music. I went to an osteo in Auckland and just on the North Shore there. And he was pretty much rocking hip hop as he was um, working on the back. And then over in sort of your Bondi Junction, I was doing an os- getting an osteo. I wasn't doing an osteo. Um, getting osteo and, you know, probably more your smooth FM. And I had to say that was probably a little bit more relaxing. Um, you got to sort of sink into to that heavy so back work. What does actually do? Do they grab your neck and manipulate it or they just talk to you? Osteo's probably, because it was an introduction to osteo, which I highly recommend. I've done Cairo in the past, but they and most doctors do talk um, very despondently regarding the Cairo profession and they yeah. always say they're not doctors. Um, there's a lot of controversy around Cairo's for baby and just basically they just say it's almost like they're shock jocks. They just try and get the loudest crack, whereas osteos, yeah. they're more holistic, focused on all parts of the body and, um, you know, yeah, I like, guess cracking yeah, the neck is yeah. sometimes a byproduct, but they won't they won't work hard for it. Like, um, yeah. it's all – Cairo's all show. Yeah, well, we had actually a medical emergency in the um, Muir household yesterday. So mm. uh, I went round to Soup, aka Broth's house, just to have a beer and catch up. Me and so. a boy who's nearly three weed himself because then when he's around, he doesn't know when to go to the toilet and that. So I fucking yeah. had to borrow a nappy and put it on him. Mm. And I looked under a scrotum, and there was like this massive bruise. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then Sheena got home from work, and then I sort of said, "Have you noticed that bruise under a scrotum?" And then, you know, we were about to go to bed last night. So then we uh, he, we tried to wake him up to go for a wee before and that, and he smelt funny. So then Sheena, because you know she's like medical, like thinks she's medical based. So we rang up this helpline and that. Oh, no, you Googled it, and then there was this tor- uh, t- <laughs> testicle torsion, which was like this issue you could get, like, um, a bruise under there. Mm. And it basically said if you don't get help within six uh, hours, they lose their testicles. Fuck. So we're fucking panicking and had to like ring up and go, look, do we go in and just sort, of sort this out? But there's a, it's amazing the country we live in that you can just ring up and there's some advice at the end of the line. Um, mm. If you just let it put our mind to rest. And then we looked under the scrotum this morning and the bruise had went down. So who knows? You've just been, you know, kids like jumping on a fucking horse or something and bruised it. Totally. Um, bruising the bottom, yeah, that area there is... That would be incredibly painful. Now, the scrotum in the anus or that area. Yeah. So it's basically from a sort of horse riding injury or something. I was always commonly disgusted as the no-go zone. But then I remember hearing a mate who um, started to rename it the go-go zone because he enjoyed taking, getting his missus's hand and directing it sort of underneath there as he was kind of, yeah. you know, exploring himself um, in his, in his no, early 20s. Nice option. Hey, is it yarn? Did you tell me that nice option, yarn? Oh, no. But okay, I, so I can, can you just give me that um, nice option story just to kick things off? No, I'm not going to. It's not. I don't think it's appropriate for our listeners. But I it's really just, got. It's wife. probably not. It's yeah, an R18 thought, yarn. It was a Cameron Palmer yarn, and then oh, jeez, I've got so many yarns over the years. They're getting wise cross now. Yeah, it's. It is funny though. Like you're in the workplace and. You know, you've built up what is a probably like a top five yarns, all involving the piss or um, pharmaceuticals, yeah, or 
you know, sex, I guess, you know, that's probably all you've got as a middle-aged man, um, stories yeah. revolving those three things. And you've got like a, a portfolio of stories that you can pull out. And then, you know, talking to like the younger generation at work and, and young people, and they start pulling out your story, uh, their stories and you just like, do I do it? Do I go here? Because yeah. you know that you've got a handful of just storming stories and they are pushing the boundaries and yeah. it's just dipping your toes or do you bring them into the work environment? It's a very delicate um, place that you know, like I've got a lot involving shit and um, sometimes I've thrown them out there and I don't know whether it's the You're Tasman Sea or context. Might... Yeah, because I... It's again in my in my workplace. I try and breed a culture of innovation and stuff, right? You know, mm. think outside the box a bit. And I want to bring out the yarn. You know, when that party and when I was like nine, might have been eighteen or nine, maybe twenty, and I was stuck up in the Horsell Hills at Johnny Deaker's place, mm. and I just got, I was just enjoying myself talking to a few people, and then all of a sudden, everyone had like left the the party and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, is it? I don't know, it would have been about 60 buck taxi back then. Mm. And that's like what a lot of money back then. I was like, fuck, I mean, it's a, cause you know, it's more like back then we thought it was miles away. Mm. And then I'm sort of standing out the front, oh, cause and, and Deke's old house was up this hill, like a real long driveway. And then all of a sudden, um, these like three guys get, start like walking back up the driveway, up the hill, like mm. limping. Mm. And like really sore. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And they go, oh, we've crashed the car driving out the long windy driveway. I'm like, oh, you poor bloke. Sit down. I put them down in the um in the garage of Deeker's house there. And then Deeker's old man Ray rang up an ambulance. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's an, there's an option here. And they were all like lying in the garage. Not really that sore, but like in a bit of pain from a pretty nasty crash. And I thought, fuck, I can get a ride into the city here. <laughs> I just laid down next to them and pretended I was in the crash. Like the <laughs> and got a ride home in that. But then uh, the story went, I'll tell it another yeah. But fuck it. Like, that, can I tell that as an innovation story about of course you can. Getting, a, getting, a, getting into town free? Well, that's one of the great legal counsel listeners um, took that to a whole new dimension. And he jumped on the back of a, a, a truck, like a lorry. Um, with cargo, and just thought he'd skip, you know, four or five minutes home from from town to his flat in Dunedin, because it usually stopped at the lights, and it didn't stop at the lights. And he drove from Dunedin to Ashburton in in the middle of winter, probably sub zero degrees, and had to hold on for dear life him and a mate that that went all the way to Ashburton because it didn't stop. That would have been what four hours. Yeah, it was about four. There's something fishy about that story too, because every time I hear it. There's another individual involved, so it's very like there's no. Don't know if there's a Wikipedia entry for it, but what are the actual facts? Was it actual general or was it Jimmy Taylor? It's it's definitely definitely general, but I mean our listeners aren't probably some of them might, a lot of them won't. No, anyway, let's get back to to footy. Let's start with the derby. You know, usually we do things other way. We talk about the games first. I saw last week the Dragons lose to the Dogs, like legal counsel called it, um, punted yep. the Dogs, had a very happy afternoon, really enjoyed it. And then at the end of the game, and I've been on record for a while saying how just despicable the coverage of the game is, just from the pantomime shows to the scandals to the papers to the fucking numbskulls that we find on our televisions in NRL 360. They had... Ben Iken, James Hooper, 
and Paul Kent one after one interviewing Paul McGregor, who was almost in tears. And one by one they said, is this your last game? Are you going to face... It was the most a brutal attack, um, but horrific. Just like, I was trying to think any other sports, right? And I, I, my mind always goes over to the NFL and NBA, which are very competitive leagues. But I don't think you would ever have anyone just hone in on someone like that and try and press and press and press basically trying to break the man like of course he's under pressure like fucking tell us something that we don't know i felt really sorry for mcgregor he was borderline and really well i thought he, he handled, handled it well. he handled well, it so it well but fuck me those parasites just like they've, they've got to be something more that they've got to do right yeah does victoria like the vfl game which is probably the second biggest game in uh australia sport do they have that sort of um journalistic sort of philosophy. I'd like to, any listeners that um, know a bit about how VFL works, let us know in, on our Twitter account whether they have that same issue. It's just, is it, is it only a rugby league issue? I don't know. They, they certainly cover the game probably more fanatically, almost, in, in Victoria, certainly. But I don't know if the guys just hone in and go after them. Again, you'd have to you'd have to get your Dave Gamages of the world to call in and, and, and yeah. let us know. Back- wasn't there, they honed in on that bloke... On the off season, I don't really know his name or anything, but dressed up as a female, um, ex coach, ex coach or something, and it was leaked from the cops. Well, he was uh, a nice, he was a nice um, addict as well. It was probably, um, but who cares? Like if he's into that, I mean, it's probably highly illegal. Any but sport, been... any sport's going to put that on the in the paper. It's a pretty wild story. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. I thought he was just the, I mean, the cross dressing part. Who cares? I mean, it's just a bit sad that he was on the ice, I guess. Like, who cares who cross-dresses? Mm. Um, so back to the Dragons. They've got the Sharks this afternoon, 4 p.m. And they pro- probably haven't done it enough with their lineup to suggest it's going to be a wholesale different thing, other than there seems to be a bit of support for Mary from, from the club, which is good, as in the players, because he seems like a nice guy, but he cannot coach um, attacking football it's just so it's it's robotic isn't it but it's not like melbourne storm robotic it's like fuck it's it's just not flash to watch can the dragons can the dragons just do this one for mary because i think when, when you're on this when you're on the duck egg there's a certain motivation just to get a win and, and that means sometimes strange things happens when teams beat other teams that probably shouldn't can the dragons get up today at campbelltown versus it probably a quite a, you know, Fafita's back for the Sharks. There's a bit there for Is the it? Sharks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so I'm going to say no. I like the Sharks, to me, like on paper, I know they've lost Zeri, which is an interesting story in itself, but on paper, they should demolish them. Like, I just think they'll, they bet Cowboys, I just, oh, mate, I could be wrong, but I think the Dragons are just in a bad, bad way. They are, you know, one of those teams that's, God, Titans Dragons would be a good game at the moment. I mean, when would what year did Mary start coaching St George? He took over halfway through the Steve Price season that he was fired, and basically said, came out and said, "I'm not, I'm not here to coach. I'm just, I'm just here to do the the club a favour." And then he ended up doing okay, and then he ended up signing on the next year. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, Mary might do a year or two. Fucking right. six, five years later, um, he was the master of the first twelve rounds, wasn't he?" And he, and he bought out the likes of Tim Laffey. Like, Mary is 
in many ways the personification of the dragons and the like. Like he is just, they started so well every single time, and they end up falling on their face. And and that's what they've done. They've always fallen for it. The club they've resigned him. It's just. But maybe now though, maybe now it's the opposite. Maybe they'll come home strong. Maybe he's, he's really trying to play poorly at the start now. I don't know. Do you know? I just think it's right for Trent Barrett to come home to the Dragons now. That would that would I would that would sit well with me. Yeah, but we know Trent Barrett's not a very good coach. I know, well, but I it feels know. good, doesn't it? It feels good to have that beautiful man coaching a team. Actually, here's the. Has the le- le- I mean, a lot of legal counsel listeners would have heard this, but what about me after... Have I told the young podcast you about how last year I took the family on a holiday to um, South Coast, New South Wales, mm-hmm. conveniently to tie in with the end-of-season test match? Mm-hmm. And that was on the Friday night. Then Saturday, woke up pretty hungover based, had a big night on the, just the great rugby league town of Wollongong. Mm-hmm. And then... A great listen to the show, Stu, which just texts me, text me. He was by himself at the Shell Harbour. I don't know if you've been there. Like, no, no, no. Shell Harbour Hotel, uh, looking over the water there. He goes, Jacko, get down here. I'm in the TAB punting by myself. And uh, Josh Turbovich, Daddy Cherry Evans, Cameron Munster, and Trent Barrett were there like for a good. So I arrived there about like, 1 p.m. And they were there at about, well, I left before them, actually, uh, at about 5 p.m. They were there for a good session, just punting away. Fuck just yeah. really, like, you know how you have that TAB section? Of, like, it's oh. really weird. Like, this beautiful pub looking over the ocean. They put the TAB part, like, right out the back, like, oh. in a disgusting area. It was just, and I, yeah, my joke was to um, Stu at the time when he was sitting with me, I go, there's five international league players in this room. Um Obviously, it was, it was, yeah, those four and me, Hong one Kong test, One test Thunderino. <laughs> but oh, they were just really good. Some Occasionally, oh, every 45 minutes, a family would come who was out the front having dinner, would come in and get a photo. And they were, like, really nice about it. Um, it was really it was good. It was a good mix, too. You had the two Queenslanders, DCE and Munster, with uh, Turbo and Trent. So, obviously, they had that connection, the Trent... Josh DC had the connection from Manly because Trent Barrett lives down there, and then Munster just obviously loves to piss up. Rose, oh, you guys go to the pub, I'll come because he was he was the one that was really showing the um, you know, had a few many too many. Well, no, I mean not 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 anything outrageous, but just sort of a bit louder and carrying on, you know. So yeah, any it's glad I got that yarn out because we sort of that really got lost in between the the two LC seasons. Well. Funny you say, Stu Rich. I, I, he's actually at my home pub across the road last night. I just couldn't get out of the house. Um, hands full, based family. And um, I was at a pub last Friday. Um, a lunch turned into a, a session. And um, I, was try, I was I just texted someone else. And I said, uh, yeah, are you coming down? Are you in the neighborhood? And he goes, nah, but Stu Riches. And I go, oh, I haven't actually met him yet. And then I went up to this guy and I said, g'day, mate. How's it going? He goes, who are you? And I go, oh, just, you'll, you'll get it. And he goes, oh, I know that voice. <laughs> and he's obviously a big, big podcast fan. And he goes, oh, I could never forget that voice. Legal counsel. How you going? So you. finally met in the person, in, in, in person, um, big Tigers fan must have been tough to watch last night. That anemic offense. Yeah. Is this he's just Madge? Fan. Is this Madge is going to, Madge is going to get you as tough as fuck on defense, going to get you fit, hard to beat. But, I mean, is he doing everything he can with that roster 
Or is there someone else could get more? Because I think Madge is actually doing a very good job with that Tigers team. It's just hard that it was fucking unlucky they lost to the Titans last week. Like, it was incredibly unlucky. Like, 99 times of a 100, they get the ball back off that last kick off the Benji field goal. Um, and, and, and they win that game. And things are different, aren't they? If they won that Titans game and then go down narrowly to the Raiders and Campbelltown, people were feeling a little bit better about the Tigers. They're still going to be hard to beat week in and week are. out. They're I just a cunt of a team to play. I actually just quickly looked at the Bailey letter. Mm. And right now, the Tigers are sitting ninth. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually... Did I did I say this on the show last week or not? I don't think I did, but I saw on Twitter, bloody hilarious, someone said, next year will be the 10th anniversary of the last time the Tigers made the eight. So that you know how they do those jerseys with all the club um, members on them? They're going to do 10 years worth of Tigers players that have played over the last 10 years <laughs> in a non-playoff team and put them out... Um, Jeez, so uh, Matt, Groat, Matt Groat was I'd love it'd be good to or or they could bring out a commemorative uh jersey that just has the seventeen that played that last uh finals game against the Warriors two thousand. I, I was there. You were there. I was there. Ten oh, or eleven. That was two thousand eleven. Yeah. Chris so Nunn. Matt Groat. Matt Groat wasn't starting, was he? So Matt Groat and Aaron Woods were both young, you know, under twenty one players that Groat. And Woods were in the Kangaroo Train-On squad, and I'm not sure if that was just because... No, fuck off. Macro was not on the Kangaroo Train-On squad. He was in a 40-man or something Kangaroo squad, extended squad. He was. (laughs) Wow, that is incredible. And if my memory serves me correctly, probably only because Sheens was coaching at the time, because Ricky got the arse after the World Cup in 08. Sheens took over. Um, and had them for a while, won a World Cup. and But, yeah, I'm pretty sure Grote was in a wider training. What happened to Grote? I don't know, but he ended up going the Dragons in... About 15, like two years later. He didn't make any first-grade appearances, then went and played like shit British League, Doncaster, Dewsbury, and now is like playing Central Queensland Pub League. Fuck. Um, and, but I mean, his claim to fame was that shot that Ben Taylor put on him that the shoulder change had knocked him unconscious. Two thousand twelve base. Um, Ben Taylor back in the back in the league, he didn't really probably do too much on Friday. The Broncos blew a eighteen nil lead, and um, the pride of the Northern he, Beaches just sort he, of flexed their muscles. But this this manly got a lot of work to do. Give a lot of space. Even they were down by what eight sixteen at half eighteen time. nil, and I said, "Mate, they'll come home." And you said, "Fuck, you've lost your fucking head." Oh, I know I did, and I apologise for that. But I, I, that's why we rate the Eagles, right? They were, and I mean, again, what comes down is the Broncos didn't have the experience. Like, if you're eighteen nil up, you should be able to finish those games off, right? It's funny though, like difference in talent, huge difference in talent. I get it. But it's funny, like, you know, when the Broncos are losing, everyone's going, oh, they're missing 10 players. But when the Warriors lose, fuck that shit. Like, the Warriors, someone showed me a list of their injury their injury list. It's like 12 people. And no. the fact that they got the job done on Friday against, admittedly, a fucking dog shit Cowboys team with Tal Malolo, I might add. Um, yeah, but he wasn't really fat, was he? He surprisingly had very little impact on the game, so he mustn't have been fit. He must have been running too hard. 
what are the Cowboys missing? I mean, Holmes going off early cost them big. Cost them. But big. then Hamiso, Hamiso, uh, Fido, what's Fido? Whatever was like, like he was looked better. Did he go to the back? Yeah, he was. He was smooth, just beautiful. Yeah, he's got to. He's got to be starting every day of the week over Ben Hampton. The fact that he's oh, not he good, just just one of those guys that sort of moves his hip in midair and changes direction. Wow! Is Isan Masters going to be remembered as one of those guys that just plays really good Test football, but club football he's hit and miss? There's um, there's yeah, some he, bad. Uh, Bad work from Isan, and, and and I did hear from um, a good friend of the show, Ryan Cribbs, old um, contact as a recruitment manager at the Tigers. Said the Tigers were very fine letting him walk, um, as Madge didn't rate him. Yeah, I mean that's one, but but Madge will pick him in the Kiwis though, and he might be like the Olsen Filipana. You pick him from reserve grade, and then you can see the talents there, no doubt, right? I mean, again, it was a very I mean, short yeah, period, but. Junior Cell, Junior Cell, did that for me? Sorry? What? Junior Cell. When Junior Cell played for the Kiwis, he yeah. wasn't a great player. But when he no. played for the Kiwis, it's just like, fuck, he just became bigger, stronger. Yeah. Like, yeah. some people do rise rise above. I mean, we've talked about the origin factor, which is probably a lot more publicized. I mean, you don't have to go past Nate, Nate Miles. The guy could piss through club football for, for weeks on end and then literally be as close to the best forward on the paddock every time he went out there for that, for that period. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, the junior sale, I still remember a great try. On, on the, the stoop? Yeah, there's the stoop, the one. But he also played really well in that we were both at the game at uh, Tauranika, Lower Right League Memorial Stadium. The opening. Opening, and he went real good. Like, yeah. just went close to our line. He attracted about five defenders. Yeah, Foran went well that game, and so did Zeb Tyre, who I think made his Kiwi yeah. debut. Um, but we lost, and then... But, like, those were the days we lost, but I think you and I always had big nights after, because we were like, nah, the tide's turning. It was. It was oh, well, we, we, we were, were getting blown out. It was 2009, 2010, maybe. 2009. And we were yeah. walking out of that stadium, and you said, right, the next person that you see... You have to go up to him and go, hey, we're still world champions. We're still world champions. So I walked up and there's this huge man. I was like, hey, but we're still world champions. And it was Wendell Saylor. Two for that. <laughs> yeah, Dale, I remember. And he gave me a big smoothie and fucking hug. Just seemed like the nicest guy on the planet. And I was like, Pope fuck, was Dale. That night, wasn't he? Hey? Pope was there too that night, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good, very good um, good night. Named the city of a thousand uh, Martin Crows. Very, very good place to go out after a league test. Underrated. Um, all right. So, winding back the round, Broncos obviously blew that lead. They're going to get it right soon, um, and you want to be on them before the you know before it's too late. Punting wise, um, they're very, very due. The Broncos. They got close, but they're um, they're not quite there. I want to talk about probably the game of the round so far. Eels, Panthers, Bankwest, Friday night. Panthers get out to a 10-0 lead. Just look really strong, look f- quick. Cleary's making a massive difference. Um, it was a strange move, but I think that Ivan did it as um, as a sign of, hey, you've earned the right to start to Jerome Luai. 
But Matt Burton stays on the bench and numbered. He he is him and Cleary. That's a pretty dynamic. That's a, that's a team that if they get that half combination going and they get a decent fullback, I think that's a huge weakness in their game. Is having really? Caleb is Aikens that bad? Aikens is dog shit, and so is Dylan Edwards. They genuinely need to find someone. Um, no, they're talking. The big Panthers fans want uh, Crichton. Crichton, and I think when you look at his mistakes on defence. That's probably is the I'd right call. I'd put Toa back there. Toa's going all right. He's, yeah, he's got to have he's awesome. in it, right? I have Toa back at fullback. I, I, I would not play, but I think they'll play Dylan Edwards when he comes back. That Panthers team, I mean, they're probably eyeing up the top four, but I think they're going to finish a little short. You get them, you know, are we talking like a fifth, eighth game or a second round game? You know, one of the losers of the four plays the Panthers after they, you know, put away the eighth spot team. You don't want any part of that Panthers team at the end of the year when they're rolling, do you? No, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think a few people have realised that, and I think legal counsel probably has to put a hand up as well and say, is that they have sort of come under the radar a bit. I mean, they lost, right? But we still we saw enough out of them in a phenomenal game of football, may I add, as a neutral one. Well, when I say neutral, I probably... Would like would have liked the Panthers to win, but fuck, that was a game of football. Yeah, it was playoff the football. Speed, the hits, the it was. If if you got that Panthers Eels in a finals game, wow, that was poor. And that, then Matty Burden. I, one thing I'll say about him, it actually looks like when he's on the field, everyone everyone else on the field is sort of playing to a techno beat, you know, or drum and bass. He is to a reggae beat. Just mm. time. Just everything, as soon as he gets the ball, everything goes slow motion. Have you noticed that? You know, there's certain players that you, you say have got spiders on them. And Cameron Munster comes to mind, right? Yeah. And and just, oh, he's got spiders on him. Sean Johnson at different times of his career, Benji Marshall. And, and the defensive line waits too long and they just let them go. Like, it's almost like you've mesmerized the, the defense and, and, and you get concrete, you get stuck in concrete and you sit there watching yeah. them and you let them go. Matt Burden has that factor for me that when he has the ball in hand and he's starting to sort of just, he has that Josh Dugan, headgear Dugan, yeah, skinny, yeah. sinewy, leaning forward. And, and as a tradition, like, you know, you yeah. know, people, some will run upright. Like you've got Chaboyevich, Tr- extremely upright runner. Cherry Evans actually leans back as he runs. This guy, Burton, leans forward, and it's that kind of propelled missile sort of close to the line. He can play as a bull runner. He can also play as, you know, the decoy. He can take the game over across from Cleary. He's one of the most exciting players. If I had to name our most top five exciting players um, in the NRL right now, maybe under the age of 23, he'd be one of them. Quite. And I think, oh, else I'm not going to pump our tyres up, but I think we were even saying it before, before yep. he played in the first Or maybe... Last year one. against the Sharks... And Penrith yeah. impressed the hell out of us. A Dubbo boy as well, and mm. in, in a in a comp that is going, you know, it, well, it has been more power brute. I think the the new rules probably has helped him even more, you know. Mm. And just it just looks so. He didn't miss a few field goals, but I think he should be in the Knights game. But I think he should be able to just practice a bit more and sort that out, so he becomes sort of clutch, you know, DCE sort of clutch. Then, and then he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of rip football in his future. Um, maybe. What do you mean? Um, you don't think he'll play rip football? Well, I think he. 
It's hard to know because yeah, sometimes so the best players white, don't I have glittering. The Lions, the White Cliff Lions. Yeah. I mean, Cliffy played a lot of rep football. Pardon? Cliffy played a lot of rep football. I reckon he'd be nine to twelve origins. Do you reckon maybe that many? Yep. Nah, six no, to seven. No, no, he was one of those guys that played better at the highest level. Mm. I just think you know it's a long career. He'll, I mean, New South Wales. He'll play for them. Hopefully, I mean, I, I want to see him go well. I like the guy. Getting through the games this week. So that Eels Panthers game. Fuck if the Panthers held on, I would have been um, enjoying my Saturday morning. Did 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 have a couple of long punts on them. Um, but people, the the rugby league, the rugby league fraternity it gets horny over over a team very quickly, and the Eels are hoodworking people out there. If if people. Oh. Are Come going on, and saying take they time. are saying that they are title favourites or they're going to be there or whatever. Oh, they will be. They'll Anyone be. that thinks Mitchell Moses is going to steer a football side around in a must-win semi-final has fucking got rocks in there. This is going to be my most looked-forward-to moment in October: is betting against the team that are playing, betting for the team that's playing against the Eels. Moses can do what the fuck Moses wants. And even Cooper Cronk basically said it. He's a flat track bully. He was Has brilliant he? against the Eels, uh, uh, sorry, against the Panthers in that last bit. But just remember, Stephen Crichton missed two horrendous tackles on Wonga Blake. Anyone, you know, you throw you and Aiken out there, he makes those tackles and they don't win the game. It was individual brilliance to some degree from Wonga, but that was just fucking terrible defense from Crichton. That actually cost them that game. Anyone that thinks Moses is going to go and steer a team around in a major semi-final, a major semi-final, has got rocks in the head. And I look forward to it, Jack. Yeah, but I think you, you, okay, you've started on a vendetta against the Eels and it very quickly came into one on Moses, which is guilty. Interesting. But the Eels, you can't take, like they were down 10 mil and they, I don't know. I, I think, They'll be there at the end of the season. Of but I they, tend to agree there. that. Okay, you agree with that, yeah. They'll be they'll be in the top four. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so maybe next year. I mean, no, 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 no. Just, they'll be in the top four. That's what I look forward to the most because they're yeah, going to have mate, expectation. Okay, their their forward. So if you look at their forward pack on paper, it doesn't actually look that good. Their forward pack was fucking phenomenal on Friday night. And then you actually look at, like, yes, you've got the Moseses and the, um, you know, the Jennings and the, and the Gutherson, like, but then those wingers are phenomenal. Those wingers mm. are match winners on mm. any day of the week. So if they can get themselves into that top four position and then get in a final and grind it out, Ferguson and Sebo together could turn the game for them. They have got a explosive players in their team. And and I'll tell you what I didn't expect is RCG to be playing like he is. I still don't think it'll last. But Nathan Brown is just a quality, quality player. But you've still got players there that you can cherry pick. Um, when the heat goes on and the blowtorch goes on and they get, say, a you know, a manly side or a rooster's side or a storm side, they aren't getting past them. They are I'm not going to get past them. Just, sorry, just give me a third bear of the episode. Um, 
The other one I want to talk about in that game, and we, we need to spend some time on this game, is James Fisher-Harris. Oh. Unfortunately, he's going to be on a few highlight reels for that Regan Campbell Gillard tackle on him. Yeah. But fuck, he's a good player, man. Like, do Australians give him enough credit? Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. So he's moved now. I think the shape of the game now, um, you know, if there was ever a parallel I could make is how the NBA has gone small ball in the last, I mean, since the Golden State Warriors of 2013 onwards. And, and the role of a, a traditional center, rim-running center, playing defense down on the post has, you know, evaporated to some degree. And even like a defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, is almost unplayable in big-time playoff moments because teams will go small on him, like the Rockets, and they'll just basically just, you know, make him irrelevant. N- these new rules have changed the prop position so much. So Fisher-Harris now has gone from... 13 into 12 into prop. And I think, you know, although I guess there is a role for them, big props, I think their their role in the game is so much more tactical than just rolling out a big, you know, a big time prop. Like, it's almost given Aiden Tolman a renaissance. Um, I think these big body props that are aerobically, you know, what what's Takiyahu done over the last two to three years to go from a 13 into a second row into a forward? And Lachlan Burr is a shit example, but he's the same kind of thing, 13 into 12 into a prop. The, yep. the dynamics of the prop forward, and even Brandon Smith from the Storm is playing prop sometimes, and he's a perfect example. Brandon yeah. Smith Brandon Smith, could reinvent himself as a front row forward. As bizarre <laughs> yeah, as man. that is, he could. And he, well, he's got the determination, I'll give him that. Fuck. He, and I guess back to Campbell Gillard, which he's kind of basically zagging where everyone else is zigging. He's a traditional front row forward. So is Paulo. And that maybe gives me a little bit more, if I'm, a, if I'm punting against the Eels or I'm an Eels fan, that gives me a little bit cause concern. They've got big, big bodies in that team, right? They've got Sean yeah. Lane, Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard. That, but you then know, they've got t- Nathan Brown, who is the most... Nathan Brown would be the most pure work... I love him. Working a whole forward in the love him. He's a Bradley. He's a Bradley Clyde of our generation. Is that too? Is that no? Nah, um, if I went nothing over like Bradley Clyde. He's I'd he's like not this. Rocco he's not that and, kind of player. But, yeah, but like Nathan Brown is a good example. Is Nathan Brown? I reckon I'm going to make the call. He is a modern day Bradley Clyde, not our generation. A modern day Bradley wasn't a grub though. Bradley was just. I mean, Bradley was a Ray Price, or he was a perpetual motion type, you know, he glided across the field. Nathan Brown is all grit and determination. Bradley Clyde has got more um, pedigree. Right. Silk, silk, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, Nathan Brown, I would love him. I would love him at my club. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> miss from the Brabados, isn't it? Yeah, but they got, they got, they got uh, riches, I feel. So, Rio, your opinion on the Kitten's Challenge? Uh, so, fine. so we've had... it just takes time. It just takes time. It was fine. It, it was good. The, game, uh, the game's quickened up, so it's almost uh, take. It's it's uh, what's the word? It's uh... it's it's definitely not labouring on it anymore. After the rounds one two, look, it takes time for something to flow into the fabric of their game. Yeah, and I think it's great. I mean, the way it's used technically, and just seeing morons use it 
for their own ego just is brilliant. Like, Guthis is not a great user of it. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I'll, I'm going to put my hand up and say it's great for our game. Um, I like it. But it's good drama, too. It's great drama. It will become an afterthought soon, and, and, and it's good. Like, that game last night saw a couple of good ones, Night Storm, who, look, the Storm were, again, putting the Knights away. They were up on them, you know, establishing themselves on them early. And they were up 18-0. And then the Knights came back hard, 18-12. I'm going to say it again. This this Adam O'Brien, there's just something about this football side that they are going to be another team like the Panthers. And I guess what's probably happened in a week for me now is that we were just going last week, look, in no water, Manly Storm, Roosters, Eels, and... um. Am I missing Roosters. one? Storm, Manly Storm, Storm, Roosters, Eels. Yeah, so, so that's four. the four, right? When, when, when we're going, they're just a, oh Raiders, sorry Raiders. So those five, yeah, you know, light years ahead of the rest of the league. But now you're throwing in the Panthers and Knights, right? As a yeah. seven. That's a fucking good seven. So and, everyone else is playing for eight. So Remember so that. I would Remember. say from a talent perspective, you know, probably the two biggest. Um, chances of that spot of the Broncos and the Rabbitohs. No, the Cowboys uh, again have real claims, so you've got three solid teams. You know, a smoky eight because if the Broncos get healthy or the Cowboys get rolling, you don't want to play them in the eight. They could easily knock over the fifth spot. Same with thing with the Rabbitohs. You know, now that Cody Walker's back and Trell, um, who has been pretty good last two weeks, but he's looking good now. It's great to see. Yeah, quote. Does he start fullback? I think he does. Yeah, All the he names does. Say. He does. And, you know, that's that's a good eight. We're looking at a very good playoffs, and I think just seeing... And what about when we're going to have the playoffs? Weather's going to be beautiful. There's going to be, like, spring carnival at the same time. Fuck. It's going to be... Imagine that, like, a long... I think daylight savings will be happening. So you'll be, like, at the Robin Hood just out in the beer garden or wherever you're going to be. Like, just having a nice meal with the family in there, having a beer, and they're going to go home to put the kids to bed, and you're just going to be like, oh, I'll just stay here, watch the league. Fuck that. There, there is some serious, serious... Um, it's almost like we are... You've gone through a bit of shit, some people more than other, um, but what what's at the end of the line for us is... Um, and they're like, state of, like, I'm a big, oh, everyone slags me off for not liking state football. I love state football. It's great, fo- great represent, love it. That's mm. a November seat. Oh. Is, it, December, is it November or December state football? But I mean, I mean, the, the one thing about state football at the moment is it's played in the worst conditions Australia can probably put on night time yep. in July. I know. What? To be like in nighttime, I know. November and, and, and imagine if they referee it like they referee state of origin is like basically no penalties. They might go yeah. to one ref, no penalties, let it go. You're going to get fatigue, like you're going to get old school, early 90s grand final, sun halfway baked across a Sydney Whoa, football stadium, late game fatigue. Light. It'll still be light, phenomenal. Make me. Um, have you heard of the black swan theory? 
Uh, that was that movie that John Too Good used to like with. She was quite an attractive young lady, was her name? Um, yeah, that's uh, Mel- not Mila Kunis. Um, uh, uh, look, I get at, at legal under slash counts. No, I'll get it. It's just on the tip of my tongue. Um, Come anyway, on, but, no, but the Black Swan theory is interesting. I've been reading up on it this morning. Is the Black that, Swan theory? I found them in Melbourne for the first time. <laughs> no, what? the no. black swan theory, or the theory of black swan events, is a metaphor that describes an event that comes as a surprise, has major effect, and is often inappropriately rationalised after the fact with the benefit of hindsight. So there's a lot of talk about, you know, COVID-19 being a black swan, George Floyd being a black swan it's just very interesting i'm just thinking that when you just talked about like the again so much happens um as a cause and effect Uh, of what's happening with covid uh, and just it's it's not intrinsically linked to this thing with state of origin but you're just saying that that state of origin through covid and the cause and effect almost like the butterfly effect of you know changing it and then actually seeing truly what origin kept because you're it's so confined to midwinter night games. What could it be? What could that spectacle be if we brought it outside of that tiny little box? Um, fascinating to think about Origin at the end of the year. Are you with me? Well, it's fascinating to think about what does one season look like. Fuck, like things are going to change. Things are going to change. Um, I sort of lost you there, mate. Did, did you? Did you? Um, just lost you for a second. Let's talk here, Lee. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, so, when actually is the grand final? Uh, that's a very good point. It must be late October. Oof. We, we, there is a, there is a, there is a, oh, that September October period for. For our generation, um, far out. There's plenty there for us. Um, Sorry, 4th of October. 4th of October. So it hasn't changed. Really? How many rounds have we got now, though? 20 or something. So 22. Okay, so it's just the origin moves into October. So there's 22 rounds, counting the first two. So we're in round five. So did we just waste uh, about... Five minutes of our our listeners' time talking about how good the finals would be in summer. Well, you said October. It's always around spring. Oh, what the hell? What? Nah, something's not right here. I've just googled it. So, state of origin is November the fourth, eleventh, and eighteenth. That's nice. So, but that is why would they have a month? Why would they have a month off? Would uh, they? Test football. Hey, um, the actress on Black Swan's Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's the one. On the tip no, of the something's tank. not right here. Well, you get to you get to it. You get uh, to October twenty fifth. October twenty fifth. Grand final. Okay, so that's usually three three weeks later because it's the first weekend of October. It's the long weekends, the daylight savings weekend. It's Labor Weekend in Sydney. Um, one of the great weekends. Um. On to the so we've got a postponement between the Bulldogs Roosters game. Hang on. You know, I think the Bulldogs win. 
I think as a dollar eight favorite or dollar ten favorite, this dog's team, right? They're going to be very similar to that Tigers team we said before. They're going to be cunty and hard to beat. Um, the Roosters are not going to um, flog them like they flogged the Broncos. There is, there is a chance. There's a chance the dogs get close. I don't think they can win, but I don't mind it being a um, a very close affair. How do you see? Let's go back to to, to this afternoon's game. Dragon sharks. Uh, sharks by eight. Fuck! I want to say the dragons because my theory on just human psyche is. It doesn't matter if you're a better... It's kind of like we are talking about last week with man managers and stuff, right? So much of it is mental and so much of it is physical. Uh, so much of it is mental versus physical in a game of rugby league. And the fact that they haven't won a game yet, and they do have some talented players, although they're missing a couple since last week, that can just... Can that Mary, can that interview, can the Mary's job on the line, can they get them over the line here? Just that desperation to win. I mean, we're not talking about a shit, shit team here in terms of quality of players. You know, why can't Ben Hunt just go out there and control the game? Frizzell plays well, steps up. Glory Norman does his thing. Like, why can't they win? It's got to be mental, isn't it? Well, that's the only thing in between them and, them and this game because the Sharks... They should, as you say on paper, wipe the floor with this Dragons team. I just feel like, am I going to say Dragons? I'm going to say Dragons. I'm going to oppose. Okay. We and were then, aligned last week. So, so who are you picking for Bulldogs Roosters? I missed it. You're picking Roosters by plenty. No, I'm picking Roosters in a tight one. Okay, because uh, Tolman has just been cleared of COVID-19 just right off the airwaves. Okay, nice. Um, so, you know, Bloody good stuff. Okay, well, we've probably done our dash. Let's just just have a little sneaky look towards. Ooh, I reckon we can beat the Rabbitohs. Like the Rabbitohs. Next Man, week. Okay. I mean, basically, get used to the pub game, Warriors fans. Thursday yeah, night, Cine Coast Stadium, which is the Warriors' home stadium. Knights Broncos. Whew. Cracker. So much intrigue around that, and I'm hearing that TPJ, Alex Galena, back for the Broncos. Fight me! Rabbitohs, Warriors at Bank West? So yep. that's a home game for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors are just globetrotting their way around. They don't give a fuck where they're playing. Campbelltown hosting Panthers Storm? Wow! We're getting some games here now. <laughs> How good's our game? Here we go. Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Titans-Dragons. It's the game that everyone wants to watch if you are a what? fan of the Titans and Dragons because you do not want that wooden spoon. That is this. We saw that the spoon dude. game was last week. This is the real spoon bowl. Tigers hosting the Cowboys. That Ninth plays game. eighth. That's 5.30 on Sunday, so it's tough one to watch. But, jeez, our game keeps giving. Roosters, Eels at Bankwest. Oh! Home oh. game for the Roosters at Bankwest. That's a G up. Fuck, I hope the Roosters pummel them. Bank Raiders, Eels Manly in Campbelltown. Holy shit. What and then Sharks, Dogs. This is the best round of football I can remember in a long time. Gee whiz, our game just keeps giving. I mean, Sharks. 
the biggest letdown for me is Sharks Dogs. That's a but dour still, affair, don't though. Be Gritty as fuck, dour. That's yeah. nice. Hope it's I hope it's teeming down with rain. Oh, I hope it's pissing down with rain. And so Andy like, Raymond gets like a like a, a, a chance to have another call just well, with his bald head. Well, they're saying though because now we've got a Monday night game tomorrow with with the Roosters Bulldogs. People are saying bring back Mister Monday Night. I'll right, never I'm, forget. We, when when Andy Raymond, who didn't do much other than that little soliloquy at the start of the game as the teams from the tunnel <laughs> run by him, on a cold Canberra evening on a Monday night, and the steam is just coming off Raymond's head, isn't it? The steam's just coming oh, off his head. And the, the, the people run past him. Did, did One time was one of those bloopers where the teams ran past him and Raymond got knocked over by someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about round, it's about round seventeen, right? Like the deepest, darkest yeah. winter. Deep dark Monday night football, Mister Monday night, in a big Fox Sports bomber jacket. He's got a headset on over the top, steam off his melon coming up, and then someone runs over the top of him. Like I'm thinking, probably like a Brett White. Was Shark was Sharknado on a Monday night? <laughs> What's Sharknado? Jack Day was that game, like, 2013, I'm going to say, where it was so wet. It was basically a lake. And there was, oh. there was a, like, Sharknate. You can't remember Sharknate. Was that Warriors Sharks? No, no, it was Sharks versus, it was 2015 it happened. Uh, Rabbitohs. Oh, mate. Oh, I remember that. It was, it, Monday? it was Monday night. Quite, Sharks won. Quite. Sharks won. And it was about the crowd. They got a crowd of 300. <laughs> if anyone was at Sharknado, if anyone was at Sharknado, call into the show or email the show and we'll send you a legal counsel um, reggae football t-shirt off the bat. Quote. And six rishes. <laughs> what a game. Like, just... It was and a doobie. A lake. The, the, the drainage at uh, Ramonda Stadium, it was known there, was hopeless. How many names for... Cronulla Shark Stadium. Oi, 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 uh, Rehurry. You've got to Google Sharknado uh, NRL. Yeah. And there's a photo of the Shark fans in uh, like scuba gear at the game. You've got to do oh. that as their uh, background. Yeah, I'll do that. That that will be that will be the background. Um, right. We, we've gone on. We've we've gone on probably a little bit over time. The producer won't be happy. We'll um we'll get this out this afternoon. Big afternoon of footy. Go the Dragons, get yourself up, get yourself your first win of the year. You gotta love your league. Gotta love your league. If it leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. If league leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of 